There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Discover your inspiration to lead by hearing from those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others. We will learn about their unique leadership style and identify the shared qualities between those who do it tremendously well. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lead with Empower podcast. We have a a unique episode this week uh, because today marks about a year since we've had we had the idea to start a, a podcast about leadership and for this week's episode i am going to go to the uncomfortable other side of the microphone here um and field questions from the one and only sarah sterling you probably recognize her from her two uh, visits to the lead with empower podcast and she has a third coming up uh, this spring but I'm not going to say much more until Sarah starts peppering me with some heaters. And before she does, though, I do want to throw a big thank you out to the Empower Adventures family team members. Um, They sent a bunch of questions about the experience, and I'm excited to see them and try to the best of my ability to answer them. So, Sarah, you're hosting this week. I'm turning it over to you. Have at it, my friend. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Here we go. So I'm excited to be in this position and not your shoes today. It'll be fun (laughs) to be the one that's kind of in charge and doesn't have to feel the pressure. So this is exciting for me. (laughs) I'm feeling right. I got a heavy sweat going right now. I'm a little nervous. Beating up on the forehead and everything. I got you. (laughs) Uh, So we started Empower back in 2009 in Connecticut with this concept of bringing adventure to more people, as many people as possible. And that's that's where it all started for, for you with Empower. For me, it was a couple of years ago here in Tampa, but for you, it was 2009 back in Connecticut with the importance of adventure taking the lead in what we do at Empower. So on the, on the subject of adventure, we'll get, we'll just start with the easy ones. <laughs> and on the subject <laughs> of adventure, you know, that's what makes us unique in how we lead. We view adventure is such an important part of what we do but what has been one of your most memorable adventures oh geez um there's two that stick out one was the first time I did the multivine traverse at our course in Middletown it was a new element in like 2010 that we added and it was the first time I'd done it since college probably and Oh my God. I was so bad at it. Like terrified, shaking. It was an absolute grinder to make it across the 60 foot cable. And all I could hear while I was trying my hardest not to like fall down and make an ass out of myself was Joe standing on the platform. He had gone first laughing at me. And then even worse than that was the, the company that we had in to do the, the building and the repairs for us each year, they were on the ground, just like, I felt like I was a visiting player to like Yankee Stadium, just getting the, the, the jeers from the peanut gallery. And that was one that sticks out from a straight adventure standpoint. And it was, it was awesome because 
leading people through that, I marveled at how much better they were doing that challenge for the first time than I was. And it got me to realize like maybe Joe and the builders weren't the best and most supportive quote unquote guides for my first experience. And it's a testament to how great our guides at all of our locations are because they can help people through those nerves and they are so much more graceful than I was that first time. Um, that was an adventure, typical like standard adventure, but the really in my life, the most memorable one is I had never flown until I was 22 years old. And my parents for kind of college graduation got me a flight to London, England to visit some friends from college. And they went over there for, uh, to spend a year working and kind of living it up over there. And, uh, you know, I was living in Boston. The, the first attempt at flying was supposed to go from Boston to Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. And we boarded the plane in Boston. There was a huge snowstorm and the flight ended up getting canceled. So it was like trudging bags, you know, the tea was shut down in the city, you know, and then it was the next day going back and I'm like, all right, flight got canceled on my first flight. You know, I'm a little nervous. And there was a delay on day two. And we had a, a, a very, very quick turnaround from Raleigh Dur Durham to London Gatwick airport. And we barely landed in time. We sprinted through the airport to the, you know, to the, the plane to take us to London and the whole time, like, is my stuff going to get there? I don't even know what the hell I'm doing right now. And then I finally arrive and my friends from college had told me from the beginning that they were going to meet me at the airport, at least one of them. And that was not the truth. <laughs> um, so they basically out of payphone talked me through how to hop on, what train to hop on and, all, and what, where to get off. And I'm like, oh my God, like, <laughs> how the hell am I going to find my way there? And I did. And it was a great trip, great experience. <laughs> so those are my two that stick out. <laughs> Absolutely. And those both sound like very interesting adventures that probably got you out of your comfort zone, but also taught you a lot through the process. Oh so my that's God, hundred percent, hundred percent out of my element. <laughs> <laughs> those are the best ones in hindsight. In the moment, they might be terrifying, but in hindsight, those are the good ones. That's right. <laughs> so that being said, what adventure do you still have on your bucket list? I want to skydive at some point. Um, it's offered here in Connecticut, but I, I really want to do it where it's like a, a unique environment, like a landscape. And I know seeing stuff from way above is unique and exciting, but I'd, I'd really like to do it somewhere that's like not Connecticut. Um, and then I did stand up paddleboarding once and you were there to witness it and you have some <laughs> documentation of how bad it was. And looking back on that, I'd like to do that again too and be a little bit better so I can actually enjoy it. <laughs> okay so we'll take you when you come back to florida then. yeah so <laughs> i like to just just a little bit better so i can actually like enjoy one bit of scenery and not like again grit my teeth and sweat and hope <laughs> that I, you know a gator wasn't going to get me or something <laughs> fair enough fair enough it is florida after all <laughs> <laughs> so you know when we talk about 2009 the beginnings of empower in connecticut is there any part of you that imagined a decade ago that this is the direction that your adventures would have taken you on? No, and no, no. I, you know, when in the, in the beginning, early time of empower, it was, you know, ripping through zip line tours as a guide. And we didn't do a lot of like team building or leadership development. We were trying to find our footing in that aspect of the business. So, um, you know, on a, on a lot of days it was Joe and I running, you know, X amount of zip tours and then, you know, 
showing up early, leaving late, and then, you know, doing the same thing the next day. And it was, uh, it was awesome. Like we learned so much from like that practical experience, but, you know, I, I think a lot of it goes back to my, my experiences in college. I, w- I went to school at Springfield college with the intent of being a phys ed teacher, being a high school football, maybe something else, football and baseball, maybe coach, uh, eventually become an athletic director back at my alma mater, which is kind of a common thing, I guess, with phys ed majors. Mm-hmm. And then at, at Springfield, I, w- I was exposed to uh, a- adventure-based experiences that were part of the PE curriculum. And, you know, I ended up graduating and teaching in the traditional PE world for a while and did some of the team building stuff, um, you know, while I was, uh, you know, trying to fit that into the curriculum. But you know, in, I don't know, February of 2009, I met with Joe and kind of, we worked out the, you know, a deal where I can come and, and help him start the company. And, and, you know, I'm not doing what I was doing, but I kind of am, you know, you know, we're not yeah. teaching in a gym per se, but we're teaching in an outdoor adventure or indoor adventure environment. And even this year, a virtual zoom team building environment. And it's, it's great. Would have never expected it though. That's awesome. And I, you mentioned, a few things that you just mentioned really kind of centered around those leadership aspects of what you do. You know, you started looking at the zipline courses in Connecticut, and now we're here focused on empowered leadership and running programs for all types of different groups. So we've talked, we've listened to you talk for a year about leadership (laughs) now on this podcast. It's been a whole year. Um, And it's one of your, I've, I've heard you do it. You did it to me. You put people on the spot and ask for that rapid fire type of answer. And so in, in summary, in brief, as brief as Dan can possibly be. Oh, that's um, a big ask right there. <laughs> I know. What would you say is Dan Jaskot's leadership style? Uh, um, I, I, hard, hard working, it, 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 I would say, is definitely in there. Um, I think I'm brutally self-critical. Um, and I, I, I utilize a lot of negative self-talk and that's kind of a way to fire myself up. Um, and then, you know, I, I real, I, I think because of that, I realize I am so far from perfect or, or so far from even a finished product. And, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm constantly trying to work and to be better and to be better at the relational side of it, because it's, you know, my mentality always was kind of put your head down and get the job done, but that kind of works when you're by yourself, but when you're working with other people, it's about trying to find, you know, what it is that's going to make other people have that same mentality about, you know, getting after it and, and getting the job done. And that's, that's funny because you can't be a finished product in that regard because every person and every you know team that forms is, is unique and different. So, you know, I would say that just constantly trying to be better at the relational side of things because it's always evolving, always changing. That's very fair. I like that. So what was your aha moment? That moment <laughs> that made you just go, aha, uh, that made you realize. <laughs> how know, was it, how that, was it again? <laughs> that made you realize that you were passionate about leadership and facilitating these types of programs, team building, those types of things that you're doing these days. There's, so there's three that stick out and I'm going to keep them short, but the first one was at Springfield college, there was a thing called freshman camp and you had to go to this week long thing where you lived in the woods after school ended. And it was 
at the time, it's like, God, I don't want to do this. I just want to go home and kind of go on with my summer life. But I did that. And then it was, it was run by my, my friend, uh, Dr. Ted France. And I, I never saw in a, a one individual gain the attention of a group without raising his voice. And I don't even think he spoke. I think he literally stood in front of a group of like 500 college freshmen who didn't really want to be there and just like started snapping his fingers and he like nodded at somebody else. And then they started snapping their fingers. And then it was like, (laughs) it spread like wildfire over this group. And then before you knew it, he stopped, everybody stopped and he had everybody's attention. And then he spoke quietly and intelligently to this like large group of people without ever raising his voice. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Because, you know, in my mind, leadership was the football coach screaming at you to do what you were supposed to do until you did it or you couldn't do it. Um, so that, that was one, the second, and this was directly related to my experience was I, I worked at an alternative ed behavioral school for a few years out of college. And uh, because of my relationship with Teddy at Springfield college, and because they had a ropes course, we would take, Uh, my PE classes over there to do some of the elements and Teddy's college students would lead them through the different activities. And that was really the first time I witnessed and was a part of something where like, I have this, this young guy or girl in this school who is, uh, you know, has behavioral challenges, has some other challenges and, you know, they could be really difficult in in the building and, and understandably. So when you start to look at some of their backgrounds and then to see them like, open up and be vulnerable and be themselves and push themselves in this adventure environment is, is really when I kind of saw the, the true power of like this experiential adventure education, you know, programming or experiences, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I said three, but those are the two that I'm going to go with. Sometimes it takes more than one <laughs> and each, each aha <laughs> moment <laughs> takes you to that next level of what you are looking to do, what you want to be and the change that you want to bring forward it it helps evolve that style so I think that's fair to have more than one (laughs) thank you (laughs) Uh, and I think you know over the last year we've seen a significant shift and I we hate talking about the pandemic because it's it's all anyone ever talks about anymore but it's definitely forced all of us to get out of our own comfort zones get out of our own little boxes that we're used to being in and apply critical thinking, apply self-awareness and analysis to grow and change. With, with this change and the shift in mindset and approach to things, how has your leadership style or your definition of leadership evolved over the last year? Yeah, I, I think, I think it, it comes down to like, you can't, corner yourself into doing things just one way because it worked once before or a hundred times before it's like if this thing opened you know opened my eyes to something it's the fact that like being adaptable and be you know having the courage to try things and you know you might fail when you try new things that's the harsh reality of it is but you just try to kind of minimize how how big of an impact that failure might have Um, because eventually you'll get to some sort of solution and it might not be perfect. It might not be ideal. Um, but there's a solution there. And that's, I think the biggest thing, cause we were told, you know, explicitly told a year ago, like you can't, you know, don't leave your house. (laughs) Don't interact with anybody outside of the person, you know, the people that you might live with or the person that you live with. And 
you know, we wanted to continue to be able to do what it is that we do. I love it. Um, I know Joe loves it. Our, our, all of our team members love doing it. And so, at, you know, it really was at that point, like, do you just stop and wait? And hopefully it's just two weeks, which it clearly hasn't been, or do you, you know, put the, the pencil to paper to come up with some ideas and then try them out. Um, and that, so, so that's what this whole situation has taught me over the years is, is there's a solution there. It might not come to you right away, um, but it's there. You just have to do the digging until you find it. Yeah, absolutely. What about when it comes to leading yourself? So that's kind of <laughs> leadership of others, leadership in business or interpersonal relationships. What about leading yourself? Yeah, great, great question. Um, I really realized how much I enjoy and need like the interactions that we get to have with other people. And sometimes it, in, you know, 90 minutes here and, you know, an hour there. And sometimes it's for, you know, 24 hours, but, you know, in 2019, I think I was part of like 300 and some odd group events in a year. And so every day it was like a different group that you get to interact with. And I, I, I realized, oh my goodness, this is, I miss it. (laughs) And, you know, there was a moment and I forget when it was, but we were probably a month into the situation where I, I, I called Joe up and I told him I was struggling and, and, um, you know, that, you know, the realization of, you know, that something that was, you know, I didn't realize how important it was to me, but it it really was very important. Like the ability to interact with different people daily and, you know, try to share some laughs with them and maybe even share some struggles with them. Um, I missed it immensely and it had a huge impact on me. And, you know, so I think from a leadership of self standpoint, it was not trying to just swallow it and get through it. You know, I think a lot of times that's a lot of people's mentality is just, yeah, I'm struggling right now, but if I just kind of bury it, I'll be able to move on. And I wasn't able to bury it. There were some, some dark mental times. <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> um, we all experienced yeah, that. Extent, yeah. For sure. Um, so, and, and honestly, part of starting the podcast had selfish reasoning because it was like, all right, I can interact with some people. <laughs> it might be just an hour on a zoom, but it, beats the hell out of just staring at like a a Google doc. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Or looking at emails for entirely too long. Yeah. Like eight hours in a (laughs) row. You're like, Oh my God, my eyes are killing me. (laughs) Yeah. No, I feel you there. I think that there are so many of us that have faced individual, personal leadership of self challenges in the last year. And it's always interesting to hear it from other people to know that, you know, your challenges usually aren't unique to you. Um, but there's always someone that's going to be there for you to help support you, whether it's your boss, Joe, or your colleague, Sarah, because <laughs> I know that you and I have spent, and, and with our, our other colleagues, I've spent time on Zoom doing happy hours yep. because we can't actually get to see each other like we would annually. Um, so it's it's always great to kind of understand that you're not alone in those challenges. So yeah, I think it's I good too. like, that. go, like, work hard, like do what you do what you can do, right? Like try to try to try to hold yourself accountable to it and and, and do your best, right? And and that changes every day what your best is, but do do your best if you can. And um, but you, you can't be afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's not an easy ask for a lot of people. And 
um, you know, I think it can become a little bit easier when you, you realize like, hey, I, I've exhausted kind of all my options personally. I need to reach out to somebody, whether it's a significant other or like you said, a coworker or another family member. Um, you know, have, it, it takes courage to, to ask, you know, to, yeah. to, to put the ask out there. And with the shift to more of this digital site, I agree wholeheartedly about that. But <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, with with the shift to things moving into the digital space because of the lack of personal in-person interaction, you know, how does that affect your relationship to leadership as a whole, your relationship with your clients? group development programs, your perspective on it? How has that kind of shifted as you move from the physical space into the digital space on some of these programs? Yeah. So that's a, that's a, a great question. And we, we've, we've thrown a phrase and I don't know who came up with it, but it's in the empower vernacular right now. If that's even a word, I'll, I might make it up right there, but like meet them where they're at. Right. And that's, and that came from actually, uh, JJ Joyce, she, she, she came out and ziplined with us in Middletown probably, I don't know, probably like realistically 20 times in two years. And she, she took part in a, a discussion we had years ago about like what makes, what makes Empower different from maybe other adventure facilities. And she said that they, they meet you where they're at or they meet you where you're at. And, you know, we've always tried to do that, right. With our, you know, zip lining or our aerial adventures it's, oh, you're not, you know, you're super adventurous and comfortable. So here's what we can do to cater the experience to you while at the same time, you know, this person's really nervous. So here's what I'm going to do to cater the experience to that nervous person. And we do the same thing with our team building events. Like the first conversation is, hey, what are you hoping to get away from it? And, you know, the, the jump to the digital kind of realm of doing this was, it, it was kind of the same thing, but the needs changed. Like people needed to feel like they were together, even though they weren't and, and feel like they could laugh together and celebrate together. And, and, you know, so the, the, the concept still stayed the same. The needs were a little bit different. Like let's show this group a great time because they haven't had one in a long time and let's make sure it's positive and energetic. And um, the cool thing about that is like, once they start to buy into it and they get into it, they have a positive, energetic, fun time. And it kind of comes back to you and you are able to take away some of the benefits of that as well. Absolutely. You know, with that in mind, what would be, you know, that's, that's a piece of advice that's very current, like meet them where they are. And I think that's so important. And I also think, you know, one thing that has been great about these digital programs is it's allowed us to reach different types of groups, particularly organizations that have remote work and had remote work prior to COVID, where now these people who are working remotely, and we all know this here at Empower, because in general, we do work somewhat remotely from each other, you in Connecticut, me in Florida, yep. Chris in Virginia. Um, it's allowed us to create New, pro, new types of programs or experiences for people who are working remotely that never was really catered to before. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because in, I think it was the end of January or early, very early February of 2020, um, there was a big event down at our Virginia location and it was an international company and they had people coming from all over the world for, I think a two or three day company meeting and, and, and we had 
a small pocket of time to do some some team building with the group there at the resort and you know once the 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 covid thing hit it was like you know oh we we have these online team building things like how cool would it have been because a lot of those people were coming together and seeing the person whose email address is so-and-so at whatever they never saw him they never talked to him and like how cool would it be to maybe take some of the edge off of the first in-person meeting with an event like this and you know i do think there's going to be opportunities to to bring those teams that never really come together aside maybe once a year for a company meeting or something like that so it's been it's been great and it's gotten i think it's developed a lot since we first kind of conceptualized the what the online emerge team building program is going to look sound and feel like yeah that's very very true so from a leadership perspective what would you say is one of the best pieces of advice if we can stick to like one line short quote i know that's a challenge (laughs) stuck with you for as long as you can remember yeah um from the podcast and again i'm going to cheat and whatever you can I, there's no, it's cheating if it's what's stuck with you there's it's not cheating come on uh ken, ken ken martin he's one of the owners of colony grill up here in connecticut and they have some locations in new york and virginia he he and i'm going to refer to my notes here but he made a statement it's uh and i'm going to switch one word he said business is about i'm going to say leadership is about how you make people feel and you know i think leaders always have the option to kind of close people off and, and i'm quoting ken here serve as a gatekeeper or you know, you have the option to open your arms and be an advocate. So that's one that stuck out to me. And then um, Justin Serpone, who has more accolades in in college coaching than he knows what to do with. Great guy. He's up at Amherst College. He's a men's soccer coach. He um, he talked about as uh, as a leader, it's not about you, the leader. It's about creating a culture in which your team members, whether it be athletes or coworkers or whatever it might be, feel like they have um, stock, that they're stakeholders in this program, right? Whether it's your business or your, your sports team. And those two really stick out to me because, you know, it highlights how important other people are in leadership. It's not about you, right? It's about what you're doing to bring the best out of the people around you for that time and space that they're, or their time that they're in the same space with you. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, what advice would you give to your younger self? If you had young Dan who was trying to find a train and trying to figure out where to go in Boston, if you had young Dan in front of you, what would you say to him? Yeah, I'd say probably stop, um, stop being a self-centered ass. Like I, I you know, and I, I think we all have kind of the I and me mentality growing up and it sticks around longer for others. And I, you know, for a time it was, that's what, you know, what leadership was is like, you know, mm-hmm you know, be the loudest one and, and try to be the strongest or whatever. And, and it's not that, you know, it's the furthest thing from that. And, and so I would, t- I would tell young Dan who had hair back in the day <laughs> to don't be a, don't be a self-centered ass, like, you know, do it for other people, not for you. And that's, I mean, really that's where the actual game comes in. When you stop thinking about yourself, it's easy because you are, you're the star of your own story. You're the star of your own movie. You are the main character. But really, if you think about that, every single person around you is the main character of their own story. So to be able to acknowledge that while you're your main character, everyone else is their own and it, it, it changes your mindset. But that's where that real leadering comes in. Yeah, and it's to- so much more fulfilling 
Yeah. You know, when it's with others and not in your own isolated lane. <laughs> Absolutely. So outside of being, not being a self-centered ass, um, sometimes we have those moments where we aren't so sure of ourselves and we get nervous or insecure about being a leader in different spaces, whether it's a public speaking role or it's a, a management role or it's uh, be a star of your own show role. Um, what type of like, what types of ways do you get yourself kind of amped up or pumped up when you need that boost, when you start feeling a little bit down on yourself? Yeah. Great, great question. Um, one, I, I think again, the realization that the, like the slap you in the face realization that I had last year about like, wow, I love, I love being with people. Um, that, that minimizes, I think a lot of those fears that can pop up. It's like, oh, it's just another group. It's right. It's just another group of people and that we have to kind of figure out what's going to make them tick and what's going to make them smile. Um, but again, I I don't know, it's my style, but I I like to, you know, negative self-talk myself a little bit and and say, stop, you know, stop being a cupcake. You're going to be okay. Um, uh, I'm, I am the least fashionable individual. So like when I'm working with like some high-end corporate groups, like, you know, try to look nice, you know, don't, you know, don't embarrass yourself and spill coffee on your shirt. Um, but yeah, I, I, I negative self-talk myself. I laugh about it and that clears my head. And then it's just, again, it's a reminder of, you know, let's focus on the basics. Like let's make it a fun and, and a chat and challenging for whether it's a podcast or a program. Um, and let's make it something that hopefully everybody remembers and can laugh about, you know, a month down the road or a year down the road or whatever it might be. You know, shifting from leadership to the leadership podcast, uh, you mentioned earlier that it was out of your comfort zone. It was something that you're like, things have changed. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a step forward. I'm going to do something for myself in a sense, do something new and get to engage with other people versus uh, just my computer screen. Uh, you started this podcast a year ago now. And I, you know, I would say that this podcast has taken you through its own type of adventure over the last 12 months. I remember when you first started it and the whole, you would get so excited, like, Oh my God, I got so many listens. I got these listens and like seeing how much it's grown over the year. It's been awesome. So a mad props to you and congratulations for getting out of your comfort zone and doing something new and really new for us. Uh, but also, just it's been great to see you grow in this process and I thank you um but that being said (laughs) what would you say is your most memorable podcast moment in the last 12 months um yeah I'm not gonna just give you one I'm gonna keep the theme here of breaking the rules um so I I had the opportunity to interview Kevin Gilbride who's a, a coach of the New York Giants probably my favorite professional sports team and he won, you know, he was a coach for two Super Bowls. And that was awesome um, to be able to talk to him and hear him talk about like, you know, kind of the some of the behind the scenes stuff that went on during during those memorable Super Bowl runs um, where they beat the undefeated Patriots and then beat the Patriots again. Just throwing that in there for you, New England fans I had to sneak it in. Um, but in reality, um, there were two moments. Uh, Dr. Jan Jones, who's a, a college professor she said during our episode at one point, like, I never thought of myself as a leader. And I, and it was just eye opening. Like you're, you're a doctoral student who's, who's teaching and getting, you know, college students ready to enter the world of, uh, of 
tourism and, and, and tourism and uh, management and hospitality management, I think it's what it's called. And to hear that come from somebody who has all these credentials, who's been on like TV and news stations with like doing interviews, like, no, you, you are. <laughs> and, you know, it just highlighted like for young, you know, young students learning about leadership who say, I can't do it because of whatever, like, yeah, you, you can, and you probably are, you know, and, and you're not giving yourself enough credit. Like that was a moment. My mother had a similar moment um, when I had my family on uh, my parents and my two brothers on, that was awesome. And then um, I had, you know, I'm going to say them all, Sam Rector, Alex Blaze, Jeff Stanley, Nick Perkins, Janiah Pagan, Janaya Merced, Jada Merced, Kendrick Long, Anthony Gelsimini, and Mia Cariglia. They're all college students or younger, and they've all been guests on the podcast. And to hear them talk about their leadership and how they're impacting their community, it's like so freaking inspiring. And like, I think more people need to recognize and realize like, just because you're young doesn't mean you're, you're not a leader and you can't make an impact. You, you can, and you probably are. And like, so those are the a couple big ones that stick out to me and, and huge props, huge shout out I mean, to everybody that's been on, but especially those, those young adults that I just listed, because it's not easy as a high school student to hop on something like this. And um, they were awesome. And um, I, I left each of those interviews with like, you know, go take on the world mentality because it's in good hands with, with these young ones that are coming up. That's, and that's such an inspiring thing. And we've seen it out at the courses when you bring out the younger groups, the high school groups, or even the college groups. But even in some cases, the middle school groups, those, those certain kids that stand out that are just ready to take the lead and be the, be the good you want to see in the world. Like they're, they're the one, and it's, it's such an incredible and inspiring thing. So I'm happy that you've been able to have those younger guests and those younger leaders on the podcast to highlight what they're doing because they really are the future. And it's hundred percent. So is there, I know, and now you're going to give me 15 answers again, which is okay. <laughs> um, but is, do you have a favorite quote from the last year of podcasting? Yeah, absolutely. My main, <laughs> my main man, coach Petruzzi, from uh, Raritan High School in Hazlitt, New Jersey. He was on, a, you, know, it's, you know, towards the start. And uh, his famous one, and I don't even know if it was in the episode, but it measured twice, cut once. And, you know, he heard it from somebody else, but he's, he's implemented that quote into many of the programs we've done together over the years. Um, but the one that really sticks out to from our, from our interview, and I had to go back and look it up, was um, if you don't have the time to do it right when are you going to find the time to do it again if you don't have the time to do it right when are you going to have the time to, to do it again like how many things in our lives do we like rush through just to say we checked off the box and then end up an hour later having to go back and fix or go back and change and it's like that was a big eye-opener like just do the damn thing right the first time like take the couple extra minutes or a couple hours whatever you need to try to do it right the first time because you might not have time to go back and do it a second time. I, I love that one. That one really stuck out to me. It is so true. Like you can working, working fast and getting things done quickly isn't always the best way to do it. And that fully highlights how that can be more detrimental than actually efficient. So yeah. Like, like why rush well. through it when you're just going to have to do it again? <laughs> yeah. It's double the work at that point. So 
you know, that one is one is one that's really stuck with you. Is there a podcast moment that really caught you by surprise that you just weren't expecting or totally changed your perspective on something? I don't. Dan, speechless. Yeah. Is this, I, is this happening? <laughs> I don't think there was anything that was like a huge surprise. I will say. I was surprised at two episodes with um, Dr. Lisa Hill and Annie Drury. They were two separate episodes. I was surprised. Like, we laughed. I feel like if they were an hour long, like 40 minutes of it was us laughing. <laughs> um, and and that, that was a surprise. And then... Um, and, I like, my stomach hurt afterwards, which is, <laughs> which is a good... You know, it's always a good thing. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I guess the other surprise is that, so yes, I lied. There, there's, there's, there's one. <laughs> I, it's been, you know, range, range from, I think a ninth grade student is our youngest all the way up to like corporate level employees, you know, CEO, founders of businesses, school superintendents, principals, pro athlete, college coach, college coaches, professional coach, like all these different people from all walks of life doing all sorts of different things. And yet there, there's so many, like the tagline is like, there's, there's shared traits between tremendous leaders and we all, you know, it's all done differently. Right. And, and, and we're all kind of a, a everybody's a work in progress with regards to leadership. Um, all, you know, us included. Um, but like there are shared qualities and like, you know, you have to be in it for other people. You have to be in it for the people that you're leading. You have to work your tail off. It's not going to come easy. Like, so to hear, you know, a, a ninth grader from Springfield, Mass, say some of the same things that like a 50 or 60 year old, um, you know, news anchor or teacher, like say the same stuff. It's like, all right, you know, maybe there is a little bit of a playbook, right? You know, maybe, you know, you know, it, it leadership is so it's it's so fluid and 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 it evolves based on you know so many different circumstances. But you know, maybe there are some things, and there are. You know, I, I feel very strongly about that. And you know, I think the conversations with people have just validated the fact that you have to care about more than just you. You have to work your butt off. Um, you have to continue to kind of learn and develop. Um, you have to be able to deal with failure um, and not let it be too big of a, a, an obstacle to overcome. And, you know, so I guess that's the big surprise is you, when you talk to people, there are like, there, I think there's skills that you know, can be taught to, to younger students and younger people that can help them develop these traits of what it means to lead. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So in terms of seeing all those different perspectives and hearing you know, the variances, but also the similarities and knowing your passion for leadership and creating new leaders and leading others, who would be a dream guest for you on the podcast? Um, my, my two grandfathers who have both, they both passed away. Um, they're both carpenters. They both served one in Korean war uh, the Korean conflict and, and then one in world war two. Um, 
they both kind of raised families in very difficult times. Um, I was fortunate enough. One of my you know, cleats, my, my grandfather cleats Calavito, I, he passed away when I was, you know, a few years, a few years ago. So I, I lived a, a big portion of my adult life with him where I was able to have fun conversations like this. My, my other grandfather, Martin Jask uh, passed away when I was in like sixth grade. So I didn't really have to, the opportunity of like knowing him as, uh, as an adult to an adult. But, but yeah, those would be the two that stick out the most to me. They were both hysterical, um, both extremely hardworking. Um, and I, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd pay top dollar to, to, to take, to have an hour, you know? I love that answer. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned earlier that you got to talk to Kevin Gilbride and, I think you undersold how much you love the Giants. So I'm just going to make that clear <laughs> now. Maybe. But, you know, I, I would imagine that something like that of that caliber or of that personal nature in terms of your fandom for the, or your fan abilities or whatever the words are to use for that, for the Giants. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to call it. Like, you're a big fan. Don't even play. Um, like, you're like a super fan. And that's okay. We all have our super fan moments. But for me, if I were in that position, I would totally fangirl over the person that I was about to talk to. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Like, I don't, how many, how many, and there are normal people just like you and I, absolutely, but it still makes you nervous. When you come up against a situation like that, that might be more nerve wracking than talking to me because I'm such a celebrity. Um, <laughs> we talk to each other a lot. You know, we have yeah, a lot of practice. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, what would you say are your ways of overcoming those potential insecurities or nervousness? Or, you know, if it's not Kevin Gilbride, what are some of those other fears or insecurities that you might have while podcasting? Yeah, I, I think the, the, the biggest one, and this is something I kind of battle internally a lot, is that I'm just, I'm not going to be good enough. Um, or remotely close to good enough. And that's, it's scary and it's intimidating. And, um, it's kind you know, it's kind of constantly in the back of my head as a driver to do what I can to try to get to close to good enough. Um, so that, that, that is, you know, something I, you know, that negative thought that pops into my head, I would say pretty regularly, not just on the podcast, but, it, you know, in front of a, a group, you know, um, is what if, what if I'm not like, what if I completely fall short? And it's that fear of like, I don't want to let you down. I don't want to let Joe down. I don't want my, my wife and my family down. Like, so I, I think that drives me a little bit um, to, to try to figure out what it takes to, to be, good enough in that moment and, and hopefully better than that. But um, and I, I, I actually remember when I had the opportunity to go down and, and do the team building event with the Tampa Bay lightning back in 2016, I think in the fall. And, you know, during the, the, our team's kind of briefing meeting that Joe led, it was, you know, one of the things that the, the people who set up the event for the athletes, the kind of, not a demand, but it was part of the deal was like, don't treat these guys like they're any different than the middle school ice hockey team you had out the week before. Um, so that, you know, when, when that starts to creep in again, it's just reminding yourself that, you know, be yourself, be, you know, be authentic. You're probably going to F up somewhere along the way and just try to make it as minimal as possible. I did, 
like with coach Gilbride, it definitely, you know, I, I might've let it shown a little bit more than I should have, but um, he, he was awesome. He was great about it. And uh, um, luckily he had so much experience too. That was an easy interview. You kind of just, you get the ball rolling and he could talk about, you know, like 40 years in coaching and like all these people that he coached and what made them great leaders. And, and so um, I was able to just shut up and do a lot of listening during that episode as well, which is a lot of fun. So it kind of quieted those nerves, but yeah, I think not being good enough is, is an insecurity that I kind of have to constantly battle. Absolutely. And I think you kind of touched on how you overcome that a little bit because you're like, I don't want to let people down and you put the best version of yourself forward. You put the effort in, you put the thought in, you put, you go through the process, you go through the steps and you kind of overcome it in that way. Is there anything else that you do to over, personally to overcome these moments or these negative self-talk type of thoughts? Well, with the podcast, like, I mean, I guess worst case scenario, if it sucks, I could just delete it and not post it. <laughs> <Fair statement. laughs> no, it, it, in all seriousness, it's just, they, you know, when, when you, when I ask somebody to be on the episode, they say yes for a reason, there's an interest. Yep. And so it's just reminding yourself, like, there's something there. There's some element of relationship there that you can have a conversation for 40 to 60, 90 120 minutes in, in some cases, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my buddy, you know, Teddy, Teddy France, uh, he said, you you told me it was only going to take an hour and we were on for like two hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, 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 it's just when it's like anything else in when that, whatever the doubt is, when it creeps into your head, like go back to the basics. Like there, there's a reason why this group is coming to team build with us or they're coming yeah. to, you know, adventure with us. There's a reason why someone wants to be on a podcast with you. It, it, you know, so just, you know, be you and, and try to, again, try to have some fun, try to laugh, try to, you know, try to make it just a conversation in this instance. Absolutely. Do you think that any of that negative self-talk or those insecurities have held you back in any way in the process? Probably. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I would this say is leadership of self. Like it's, it's part of that conversation where you have to have some level of self-awareness to improve. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would, I, I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of like a specific moment where I'm like, Oh God, that was stupid. I, I think, you know, I do think there were times, especially during the summer months when, when there was a lot of unrest from some really unfortunate, horrible situations that had and there was a you know divide between black and white in our country it felt like and, and maybe not everywhere but in some areas and you know I think sometimes like maybe you know maybe not pushing some of those conversations further I think is is an area where I, I would see improvement like hey this is a real issue that you know I'm a 40 year old white male is you know as privileged as they come and and you know, let's, 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 you know, open it up. So there's a forum for someone who's not a 40 year old white male, who's mm -hmm. this, this experience is hitting home harder than it I could ever imagine. Um, you know, let's, let's push it and let's open it up. Let's, let's let that go. And, and, um, you know, I think, I think those are, you know, there were a couple instances where maybe, you know, we could have you know dove deeper into some of that stuff. Um, Dr. Terrell Hill, who, was the at the time was the assistant superintendent of a school district up here in Connecticut. He's now the the superintendent. Um, he shared a ton of research about 
the lack of um, you know, people of color in leadership positions in, in education systems in Connecticut. And I forget the numbers off the top of my head, but it's astounding. Like the percentage of superintendents in the state who are black or brown versus white. And it's like, you know, that's not right because mm-hmm. you know, I know, Do- I know Dr. Hill very well. I know he's a talented dude, man. He's a smart dude. He's a, a guy, he's a leader of people. And um, you know, I don't think he's the only person of color who has that those same attributes. So why aren't the chances being had? I wish I wish I dove into that deeper with him, and I, I I'll have him back on again to talk more about it. And I know he's doing a lot of stuff to to I think open up more opportunities, um, awesome. which is again another aspect of, of leadership. Like what are you doing now that's going to pave the way and make it a little make the road a little less bumpy for the people that are coming behind you and. Um, so, I, you know, I think those are a couple areas where I, I, I could improve and, um, you know, ha- you got to have a little bit more courage to have the tough conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And that courage isn't always the easiest to muster, particularly in those situations. So I know that you and I have talked about it and it's always been something that you've been passionate about. So it's good to hear the, the self-criticism in a way that like, A, I can be better, but B, also like these conversations need to be had. So that's good. And then in terms of, you know, learning those things about yourself, you know, what, aside from what we just talked about, is there anything else that doing the podcast has taught you about you as Dan Jascott? Yeah. I mean, I, it literally like interactions with people. That's like the gasoline for me, like in the car, um, yeah. like that, that's, that was a, a big eye opener. Like, and there's times where I like, I like quiet time. Like, especially if I, I come off of a day where I'm working with a hundred or some odd, you know, you know, middle schooler, sometimes a moment in your own little bubble is a good, healthy thing. But like, um, you know, I, I, I think again, I did the, the realization was like a big uppercut to the jaw of like, you know, I need this more than I ever thought I did. Um, and this highlighted it and the, the podcast has been a great way to kind of, it's not as good. It's not as good as, you know, sitting around a table with the guests and, and interviewing and being able to give, you know, the, the, the guests a big hug when they get there. And after the episode's over, like, it's not the same, it's not as good as that, but yeah. it beat that, like it beat the hell out of, you know, Google docs by yourself and trying to mm-hmm. find a, a, a bit of music you haven't listened to 9,000 times the last week. To, to get through a day. So that, that would be the biggest experience. And then the second thing was just, there's so much out there, so much to learn. There's so many people to learn from and, you know, just be open, open your ears and eyes and kind of, again, Zach Hoffman, who's a, a young company founder of a Swiss army leadership, uh, a, co- a overseas company was on the, on, on the podcast recently. And he, you know, talked a lot about like, we, we have it set in our head, like our way is the best way. And it's not, you know, it's more, more often than not, it's, just, it's not the best way. So like, you know, do yourself the service of shutting up, opening your eyes, opening your ears and, and learning from others, because there's a shit ton out there to be learned with regards to leadership and anything else. Absolutely. So all of the, you know, we've talked about a lot, I'd say over the last 45 minutes or so. I haven't been keeping a close eye on the clock, but it's been a hot minute. Um, You know, we've talked about a lot of the things that have been really great over the last year. A lot of the things that you've learned, you know, where do you see the biggest opportunity for improvement looking forward to the next 12 months? Yeah, I think, I think it's going to come from like, you know, 
broadening the the pool of of guests right you, you don't need to have a, a title to be considered a leader and to to be on this podcast to talk about it like um so i'd love to hear from more younger high school and college students um to hear what their thoughts are and and kind of what their needs are i think as well because there's mm -hmm. someone older than them who's teaching them that can fulfill that need um and then i think you know have more of a focus on current events and how you know leadership helps during difficult times or makes difficult times even more difficult you know really how leadership impacts our lives on a day-to-day -day basis when we don't we don't really think about it right um yeah. but like you know there's you know there's some issues that you know might happen that it's really just a leadership failure and so i, I think you know being being more on top of like current events and really broadening the scope of like you know who 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 can who can come on like who should come on like who could talk about it and that you don't need to be an adult you don't need to be you know a, a, a president of some company or a, or a, a superintendent of a school district if you're passionate about it and you know i'd love to talk with you about it <laughs> that's awesome yeah i i love listening to the, the wide variety of people you've had on so far so to hear that you intend to kind of continue to widen that range of voices is great in terms of keeping it fresh and new and innovative, I think that kind of falls in, in the guest stuff, but also, you know, what are some of the things that you've thought about introducing or have kind of just touched on in your brain that you're like, this might be really cool to try and keep it a little bit fresh. Yeah. Um, the, but no spoilers. Good, no spoilers. Yeah, no, no, no spoilers. <laughs> and honestly, that it's a tough question to answer. And I think it goes back to something I said early in the episode, like every person's different, every situation's different. And like, that's one of the things I love most about this and what I love about, you know, doing the team building stuff, like, you know, the activity, the vehicle can stay the same, but it's the, the, the people that are engaging in said activity that make okay. the a world of difference. So like, you know, part of me feels like, I, you know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, hit, hit on current events, hit on tough conversations when, when necessary um, or, or even when not necessary, brought, brought in the guest list. And I feel like if I con like continue to try to be better at those things, the, the changes and the keeping it fresh is going to take care of itself. Like led, you know, the pipeline initiative, you know, a million times and it's different every freaking time. And it's not because I'm doing it differently or the equipment's different. It's because, Sarah's group is different than Joe's group and they're different than Kelly's group and so on and so forth. So I think just embracing the, the social element of leadership and how it is never going to be the same. And it's always going to be uh, something that you have to, it, it's an ecology. You have to say something and get a response and then respond to that and, and um, you know, keep things moving, you know, keep the ball mo moving forward until the, the clock hits the end of the episode or the end of the program. Absolutely. And all of that being said, what can we expect in the next 12 months from Dan and the Lead with Empower podcast? <laughs> um, well, some, I guess, good news and bad news. I guess it's a double-edged sword here, but like <laughs> uh, 2021 so far where it's it's the, the business is picking up that, you know, we mm -hmm. didn't have, you know, we've, my, my part of Empower is focusing exclusively on groups and it's hard to do big school programs when they're home distance learning or um, 
you know, you know, corporate events when everybody's working remotely. So, um, you know, I'd say, you know, when we get into the, the nicer months up here in Connecticut, we're probably going to dial back to like a two episode per month schedule okay. just to make sure that, um, you know, we're able to, we're able to kind of do the programming very well and do the podcast, at least in my mind, as well as I can. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then again, I, you know, it's, you know, I'd love to hear from any of our listeners, you know, who has somebody that they know that I don't know who would, would make a great guest and, and really just, I think, broaden the horizons of, you know, our little bubble of people that we've been able to talk with and hear their story and, um, you know, really broaden it out. And, and because again, it, it, leadership looks and sounds and feels different, you know, based on the person and it sounds corny and it's a tagline to the episode, but I, I truly believe in that. And um, the more unique people you can have on, you know, I, at least for, for this podcast, the better it's going to be, because really at the end of the day, I told Jan Jones, Dr. Jones, like, yeah, you, you, you're a leader. And, and that statement right there is exactly why. I, I wanted to start this is because there's some young boy or young girl that might be listening who tells themselves, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then suddenly they hear somebody else who's successful. And I'm not talking about like monetary success. I'm talking about like having a positive impact on people who's successful, have that same doubt, but they're still doing it. Like that, that's like, if each guest just connects to one listener, it's a win. Yeah. It's a win because that person's going to feel a little bit more empowered to, to do it. And, and, that, and that's the goal with the podcast. Absolutely. Well, Dan, it's been an amazing 12 months. Uh, mad props, congratulations, high fives, virtual hugs, all <laughs> snaps, all the things for all the hard work you've put into this and for making it through an entire year and not just giving up on it because it was hard or challenging or new or out of your comfort zone. So Big, big, big congrats to you. And thank you for all of your contributions to Empower and Empower Leadership. So big thanks as well. Um, and also just a quick shout out as a thank you to Joe, Maureen, Chris, Paul, Calvin, and Jocelyn who helped compile some of these questions with, with me and Dan to make sure that, and not that it's ever a challenge, Dan didn't have a lack of things to say. So <laughs> a big thank you to everyone for their contributions and their help and everything that they also do for ELC. So Dan, any final parting words for your Lead with Empower audience? Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks, Sarah, for doing this too. You, uh, you did ad, uh, a tremendous job on the other side of the mic, uh, captaining the ship here. Um, and I, as always, anytime we get to work together, it's a pleasure. And, you know, again, just as always, thank you for 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 listening. And I, I hope something that you heard from Sarah or I today is is something that'll motivate you to, to do it. Um, because you can, and it's just a matter of, of wanting to, and taking the first step. So that's, that's, I don't know how to end it. That, welcome. Thanks for coming to the lead with empower podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> be safe, make good decisions, be nice and get after it. Great leadership may look and sound different. However, there are common threads that connect all tremendous leaders. They are passionate about those that they lead. They do that which brings out their best and the best in those around them. And they never take the easy way out because the exceptional will never come from easy.